Welcome back to Don't Cut a Book Club. My name is Luke. My name is Dan. We are continuing into Iron Gold. We're about two-thirds of the way through for this episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, stopped at chapter... Sorry. Stopped at part three. Uh, <laughs> we timed it well this time. Uh-huh. Um, but... Yeah, Let's get you got a little you got a little warm up. I got a little quickie. I got a little quickie warm up, Luke. Okay. Okay. First, Luke, I need to make sure that our listeners are aware of a distinction in the music field. Okay. Are you aware of the distinction between a DJ and a producer? Um, I could probably make a guess, but I'm okay. I don't know if it would be super educated. Okay. 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 Typically. A DJ is somebody who is, like, taking songs and either mixing them and scratching them together or, like, playing music in sequence. Usually they're playing it on (laughs) vinyl. A producer is somebody who's, like, making beats on the fly with, like, a pad, like a beat pad and, like, looping stuff. And they're just, like, making an, an electronic music song. So there's like, okay. now a producer in the music industry is also like another term that means something else that has to do with like, yeah, that's the one I was thinking. Of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there's also a term that at least from my understanding has meant somebody who makes electronic music. Okay. Okay. I, I think producers get a lot of credit. Uh, and I think I, I just went to a music festival in DC this weekend, had a great time. Shouts out Lucas. Uh, and one of the acts was a was a music producer um who like was doing his thing had a bunch of people like dancing and stuff was having fun up there um not a super engaging performance i'll say from from my perspective um today i went and saw one of my buddies djing at a brewery downtown and Uh I think DJs need a little more credit. Here's what I mean. (laughs) Okay. Here's what I mean. Yes, Buddy was not like creating new music, right? Buddy was picking tracks, like having a good flow, essentially acting as like the party DJ, the person who was like making the playlist. Do you know what I mean? This is the playlist Uh creator. And I was loving it. Dude was picking up some tracks that were so good. Uh, really hitting the vibe, <laughs> and I think it's a ta- it's a it's a tough job because you have to like not only get the vibe of the room, you have to then correlate that to a track that you have brought with you in your crate of vinyl, and then also have that link up with the previous track. I think it's a super hard thing to do well, and my buddy was doing a great job, and I was like, this is cool, and <laughs> and I think the the end of this rant is just gonna be like we need to bring this back like this used to be like 80s and 90s maybe late 70s probably starting in the 80s and 90s though parties like big parties would have djs who were just like making the playlist i think that's great i think find a friend who's a dj and pay him to like dj your party you're having because it really amplifies things okay i think this is this is interesting and i want to make a clarifying point yeah where the party is like a, its own thing it's not centered around the the dj yes. is that true like it's yes. not a dj show correct the dj is a part of the party okay yes okay i i like because i i don't think i would necessarily enjoy a a, a show by a dj no. in the way that you're describing no 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 but it's a good point like just of setting of setting the mood and then enhancing the party. I guess I've, I've been to two parties that have had real live DJs, like picking tracks off of vinyl. Both times the music has been phenomenal. Both times I've been like, "Oh, this is incredible!" Either I've never heard this song before, or "Damn, this is the perfect time for this song that I haven't heard in a super long time." Like top tier, <laughs> excellent work. Like party DJs. Both parties I've been to, incredible. Incredible. Okay. And I think a lot of people are listening right now and are like, just make a Spotify playlist or like have and like have Spotify DJ the party for you, right? But like right. that 
that doesn't achieve nearly the level of party. <laughs> I'm putting him out. I'm putting him out. Hold on. Leave it in, Dan. Out, buddy. You're going out. Go. Spotify is achieving like a dim ghost of a representation of a DJ at a party. It it can't get the vibe. It's playing like popular songs that you're guaranteed to know or have heard over and over again. My friends have my friends and I have had this issue with a Spotify playlist a lot where it's just like the same songs over and over again. Even if your playlist is super long, you're hearing a lot of the same songs over and over. But you bring mm-hmm. a DJ to your party? Mm-hmm. They're setting the mood. They're playing songs right. you've probably not heard before because they've got their own taste. It's incredible. It's so good. I, yeah, and and I think it's I think it's important to distinguish here that the D, the DJ is a professional, yes, like, thing in yes. this scenario. Yes, as well. It's an actual thing with with that requires like skill and talent. Because I <laughs> I appreciate you doing this because ninety five percent of the discourse around DJs is negative. And I'm not a DJ, so I don't really have skin in this game, but mm-hmm. I, I like hearing the positives. Now, I can't afford it, but I want to throw a party with a DJ. This is honestly one of my one of my goals now. This is one of my goals future. Within, next time I'm at a job interview and they're like, what do you want to achieve in the next five years? I'm gonna be like, oh, I'd like to throw a party with a DJ. I think that'd be really cool. This is going on my five-year plan. <laughs> nice, nice, okay. Okay, love that. And to be fair, I don't think they're even that expensive, guys. <laughs> don't sleep on a DJ. Look them up in your area. Don't don't sleep on one. Okay, let's get let's get a DJ to to DJ one of our to DJ one the of our pod? episodes. I DJ know I know a guy. <laughs> okay, I'm excited for that. I don't know how it'd go, but I'd love it. Um, all right, call up your local DJ. Everyone has one local DJ. Not your I radio assume. DJ. Those guys are just no. Those guys are terrible. I think. I think they just yell a lot now. They do. They do. Um, okay. Nice. Now I'm excited for that. Um, let's let's talk the book. Like I said, Iron Gold up to part three. Um, <laughs> it was really funny how last episode. Uh, neither of us realized it, but we stopped one chapter before uh, the end of part one. Um, and that chapter, Luke? Oh, <laughs> Darrow! Chapter was a bad look for Darrow. No! I'll say it. Darrow! I So we got done recording last episode where yeah. we kind of are, uh, already trashed Darrow a good bit. Mm-hmm. And the next time I took, picked up the book, I read that chapter and then put down the book after that chapter. And I was like, ah, I'm not excited to read this anymore. <laughs> Darrow, you're the bad guy now. Come on. You're the Billie Eilish bad guy. And it's not. It was very. It's. Oh, the Darrow chapters are so hard to read for me. Honestly. Every time I get to a Darrow chapter, I have to, I put the book down. I actually do this. I get to a Darrow chapter, I put the book down, and I'm like, I'll come back to this. I can't do this right now. <laughs> they are so yeah. hard for me to read. Yeah, the the Darrow chapters are tough. Well, okay, I will say, one of the notes that I had uh, that wasn't entirely negative about this chapter um, is... Like, so how good at fighting is Darrow now? <laughs> this was insane. I Okay. I mean, to, he has been fighting for literally more than a decade, just constantly. Right. So he's got so much practice. Um, right. And he was trained by, like, the greatest swordsman ever. Right? Because at the end of the Red Rising, the first Red Rising trilogy, you know, he's trained by Lorne, and he's just, like, literally the greatest sword fighter ever. At that point, well, I think that at the end of the first trilogy, he was a very good fighter. Mm-hmm. But I mean, maybe it's because of who we see him compared to 
in that series at the end, which is Asia, mm-hmm. who like almost single-handedly beats like Darrow and Cassius and like other people. So I don't know. I, I, I think I was just thinking of later in a in a different chapter when we see one of the Rim characters fight. Mm. And Lysander is, like, amazed at how good he is. Mm -hmm. And I'm just, like, I'm curious how Darrow compares at this point. Because, like, I don't know. He seems incredible. He took on, like, so many guys. Yeah. And the Obsidian, like, head of whatever this, like, police force or something Like the Wardens, yeah. Yeah. Wolfgar. I... I... I don't know. This kind of made me feel... We're hyped up. We're super hyped. Um, honestly, my only thought when I was reading this section about Dara being so good at fighting was kind of just how sad it was. Of just like, literally, it's all Darrow has at this point, And he's too good at it. It's like, Darrow, I wish you were not he's, as good at this. <laughs> he is. That's true. Yeah, it's like, it's too much. It's too much. Get better at other things. Maybe get better at being a dad than like sword fighting. Like it makes me feel bad how good you are at this. (laughs) And so it's just, Uh, they're always tough to read. And it honestly feels like Darrow has just completely lost his moral compass. It feels like he is (laughs) just flailing right now. And... There's no direction to it. He's just like, I got to kill this guy. Uh, Whatever it takes, I got to kill this guy. Man. Right. It's really tough for a character like Darrow to see him doing this. I hate it. (laughs) I know. I know. I... There, there's an opportunity for a lot of rehashing our our discussion from the previous episode here. We're not going to do that. Let's try not to. Um... But I, I don't know. Darrow's looking good at fighting. Too good, we're, mm-hmm. we're going to say. Mm-hmm. Um, I have another note about Darrow and like the prison stuff. Do we want to go there now? I also have a note about Darrow and the prison stuff. And then I want to talk about the moons of Jupiter for a while. Those are my two big areas. Okay. Um, let's Let's do the prison stuff first. Okay. Uh, the first thing that I want to note is, so they have outlawed the death penalty. Correct. Which is great. Good stuff. Um, but. <laughs> yeah. We're, we're keeping like horrifying solitary confinement. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. With like inhu- and like inhumane torture. And so, like, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I feel like we're going in different directions here. <laughs> right, like how could we get one and then be like, no, 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 but the other one's fine. Like, yeah, we can't kill them, but we can make them live a horrible, tortured life for the rest of their time. Right, because like the thing about outlawing the death penalty mm-hmm. is obviously the the moral thing of just like not killing someone, of mm-hmm. course. Mm-hmm. And the other thing is that it's permanent. So, like, if you find out that they're innocent later, there's nothing you can do, right? Right. It just it just feels weird to that, like, the big thing is we're outlawing the death penalty for, like, these people, but we can still torture them forever. And it's like, this is, like, the inversion of the moral thing to do. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Especially because um. it's like, it's like... They're for sure absolutely going to have solitary confinement. They're never going to see another human being ever again. And they have to slurp like algae gel out of one of those like gerbil water feeder things. It's like, all right, this is not better. This is not better. Well, and the justification too is like, yeah, if they would have allowed the death penalty, then a bunch of people would have just been murdered. Like they would have just, the revolution would have eaten itself because they would have just killed everybody. And it's like, okay, but now you've just imprisoned everybody. Like, you've, you're still doing something to those people, right? It's not like you're just killing them, but you're, like, 
now torturing them for the rest of their lives. You're, you're still you're doing potentially a worse thing to all of them, right? Like, right. right. What? What? Mm. Maybe it's, it's almost like you can do anything as long as you don't kill them. Right. Right. This is what it seems like. And I wonder, Luke, do you think this is a long con to get the death penalty back? Do you think this is a long <laughs> con to be like, hey, we got to do something about these horrible conditions we're putting them on? The humane thing to do is to just put them down. Right, guys? <laughs> it could be. It look, could be. Look at these conditions um, that these prisoners are living in. We got to do the right thing and just kill them all. Man, it's a, it's a long con. Sure. Seems seems like a weird avenue to get that, but that is what it feels like after seeing the conditions of these people. Also, they get 15 minutes every two days for exercise. What? That's right. not very much, I have to say. 15 minutes? What are you, you using? Can, you, you what are you using your 15 minutes for? You can't have for, a like? power lift routine for that because the power lift routine would be like 12 of those minutes of rest. So you've got to be doing... And one of them is like know. posting pics on the Insta. And then you've right. only got one minute to lift. Right. So for sure doing um, some some cardio stuff, I would assume. But 15 minutes of cardio? No, Luke, this is... Luke, no, you've chosen the worst option. Because you could do cardio in your cell. Okay. Give me jumping jacks. Easy. Cardio, cardio is not the move for your 15 minutes of rec time. I'm sorry, Luke. I'm sorry. What are you doing, CrossFit? Ooh, now CrossFit. Now, hold on, though, because any plyometric exercises you can also do in like in, in a cell. We need something that's got some distance. I think you asked for a boomerang. A bo- what? <laughs> I think you, what? Re- you request a little boomerang. I don't know. You have a little fun. <laughs> oh, so you're, you're, you're viewing it more as recreation time, not fitness. Yeah, because fitness, I mean, you could do fitness in your cell. If there's space to like stand and lie down, you can do like mm-hmm. plyometric exercises. You can do like in-place cardio. It's not going to be as efficient, but like you have all day. You're just eating algae from a tube, so you got really nothing else to do. No books, nothing else but but the grind, right? But out out in the right. rec space, you need to take advantage of the large like the area that you have the distance and you know mm-hmm. playing a little ultimate maybe okay well you can't play ultimate because you know there's nobody there but you could do a little disc golf sling a little disc Ooh. okay okay get really good at trick shots <laughs> imagine imagine you have two days to plan <laughs> for your next trick <laughs> is this how apollonius Ap- what is it apollo apollo apollonius Whatever the goose. That's Apollo Neus. Yeah, is, a, is this how Apollo Neus got out? Is he just impressed them with his incredible trick shots? I would assume so. I, yeah. <laughs> Man, that's the that's the way to do it. I think that's I now. Think that's right. If they don't give you any materials, it seems like the only thing you have to do, the only thing you have to look forward to, is long jump. It's just okay. how far can I get my long jump? You're, you you mean that the the rec area is just a, sl- a bigger room? Yeah. A bigger empty room? Yeah. It's just like, what's the furthest I can jump today? Okay. I think, counterpoint, I think you work on your uh, floor routine, your gymnastics floor routine. Oh, hold on. Yes. Forget what I said. This is the thing. <laughs> Long jump is officially now, out. Gra- now, granted, I'm assuming they don't have the correct flooring for it, but that just means you're going to be even better when you do, right? Well, I don't. You escape. I don't know if that's how it works. <laughs> I don't know if that's how it works, Luke. But, but sure, okay. And you know, sure, they don't have any music. But if you let the music live inside your heart, then, mm-hmm. I mean, those guards are going to right. Be you're weeping. probably you're probably insane by now, and. <laughs> listening to music in your head anyway wow yeah this is it too because this is also potentially your legacy right because they're recording everything you do imagine you put together the most beautiful performance that anyone has ever seen that video is getting leaked it's got to be getting leaked and then it's like 
I, I don't know if you know about this type of thing, but um, there's a thing about like letting someone join the dunk contest based <laughs> on their like YouTube videos of absurd dunks. I've heard of this, yes. So I think this is how you escape. You have the be- absolutely best floor routine. The, pr- the most pristine floor routine. Yeah. Uh-huh. It gets leaked. And then people are like, we got it. We got to get him out. Come on. The people are begging for your release. They're like, I don't care how many reds he tortured and <laughs> killed. I need to see him dance. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, the crowd is clamoring for you to get out for sure. Yeah. One day. <laughs> Maybe in a more progressive society someday. Someday, yeah. Um, He's cl- I will say... <laughs> he's clearly a changed man look at him leap it's beautiful he's been rehabilitated um, yeah yeah i think that's clear uh so okay also this this prison mm. i feel like has gone for aesthetics over practicality practicality a little bit here yeah tell me about how this giant um, prison crab is a good idea because for one thing, it gets infiltrated pretty easily, uh-huh. I feel. Yeah. Which, granted, we're working with, like, the absolute elite squad. Yeah. But still, it's like, okay, we're having a, like, moving thing that we can't really guard outside. I don't know. Now, the aesthetics of a high-security prison being the thing that runs around and picks up trash, I think that's not bad. Yeah, but... The- but all you have to do to get it off track is just leave a line of like Snickers wrappers going <laughs> off somewhere where you want it to go when you're ready to infiltrate it. And then it's like, yeah, the crab comes to me. <laughs> I don't even have to really infiltrate it. I just have to wait in this little alcove under the ocean and the crab will walk to me. Then I can just jump right. up in there. It's a bad move. It's a bad move to have this thing... First off, it's so wasteful. Why Mm. are they picking up trash off the bottom of the ocean? We all know that's where trash goes, okay? That just goes down (laughs) there. I don't know why you're picking it up. As long as it's not the top. If it's the bottom, it's fine. Yeah, nothing. It's the bottom, guys. We're not going down there. Nobody's down there. It's already scary. (laughs) It's already scary. It's where the trash goes. Why are you worried about it? Um... And I don't know, man. It's just like, you're right. Aesthetically, it's cool. Practically, I don't want to chase my prison around. I don't want to be like, oh, the prison mm-hmm. moved. We have to follow it to keep these people <laughs> locked down. No, no. <laughs> the only reason it moves at all is to pick up trash, apparently. And Luke, I've got good news. If you want to also have this be a trash incineration station, just make the trash go to the prison have another robot that doesn't have a bunch of prisoners on it that is just collecting the trash and bringing it to the prison. Dan, no, come on. <laughs> that's not cool. That's not, that's not sweet, okay? It's not, it's not poetic. Yeah, I, I, now, when you say that, from a certain respect, like we are reading a book, so it's gonna have to be sweet as hell. Uh, but from Obviously. another element, like, this society is one that is very invested in how rad shit is, right? True. Like True. This Which whole, I appreciate. This whole generally. society is built around, like, is it rad as hell? Yes. I don't <laughs> care about the practicality. We're doing it. <laughs> very true. Very true. Um, yeah. <laughs> Which, again, I'm for. Yes. I agree. I think I am for it as well. I think it didn't really stop anyone from breaking these people out of prison, unfortunately. No, no. Okay. Um, I have one more note about the prison situation. Yeah, okay, let's let's keep going on the prison, because I do want to keep talking about the prison. And my one note is that... We, we So we, we go in, and they're talking about how all of the worst prisoners kept here. It's all the, like golds that are like psychopaths Mm -hmm. 
basically. Um, they And they keep saying something along those lines. And I have qualms with it because you're all psychopaths, okay? The golds, just like almost all of the golds are insane. Mm. And like, I realize that some are worse than others. Like the jackal, sure. Yeah. But like, I, we just need, we need more terminology oh. or at least to like recognize that like, okay, like we, the, our base level it's pretty freaking terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Look, we all did things in the Institute we're not proud of and would definitely classify us as somewhat psycho. Right. We need a, we need a level up. <laughs> we need a higher level term for when you're like psycho two, you know? Right. Because, because like, I... It's been a while since we've read the first trilogy, mm -hmm. but I, I don't really remember Apollonius in it. I remember his brothers, obviously Tactus and the other guy. Um, but they keep talking about how Apollonius was a psycho and like, I don't really remember it. And this is my point about like, all of you guys are psychos. So it's kind of like, I don't, is he, I don't know. Which psycho are you again? Remind me. Is he, is, like, how does he, I, obviously he's not as bad as the jackal. I, we're making it seem like it's terrible if he gets loose. I, it seems like he loves classical music. I don't know what's going on. Uh, mm. I think this is tough, though, because if you start trying to add a new level to it, then the mirror does get turned. Like you said, the mirror does get turned on every other gold, and it's like, Look, from my perspective, you're way worse than me. Are you kidding me? You destroyed our right. whole society. Why did you do that? Right. We had a good thing going. D yeah, Darrow, you like, we keep talking about how your Iron Rain had a casualty number of a million. It's a whole lot. That's a lot, bud. And it was mostly obsidians? Mm. <laughs> Seems pretty uncool, Darrow. Pretty, pretty uncool. Uh, mm. I feel like we just got a bunch of jokers running around. Not jokers as in people who are like goofy and funny. I mean like Batman's the Joker. Sure. I right. feel like that's the level up. Is just are they Joker level? Are they J have they reached okay. J level of psychopath? Mm. Are these J's? Because we've got the Jackal, obviously he's the archetype. Mm-hmm. And I think that is the level is where they're just like a little, a little unhinged and have no, have liter put literally no value on anyone else but themselves. I feel like that's J level. Okay. Yeah. I think that's fair. And, and I do, I do like that you, we've got a name for it. Mm -hmm. J level. So apparently Apollo Nias is J level. Um, yeah, I'll be honest. I don't. It has been a while since we since we've dipped into these. I don't quite remember Apollonius from the first trilogy, but man, there are a lot. There have been a lot of J levels in this series, Luke. <laughs> right. <sighs> and I'm worried about Darrow. Not to get back to Darrow, we're gonna move on. But like Darrow's getting. Mm. Yeah, you could argue he's getting close to J level. <laughs> <laughs> he's flirting with J's a little bit. <laughs> Um, all right. Can we go to Jupiter? Yeah, let's do it. The moons. Let's go to the moons of Jupiter. First, can... Mm, so there's like a love story about Dido and Romulus, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe like burning a whole city for your love isn't as romantic as you guys have have mythologized it. Because that... To, to use some terminology we've already discussed like that's borderline j level stuff here that's it's pretty close to j level certainly i can't really i'm having trouble even imagining a situation where that's incredibly romantic do you know what i mean yeah i mean i think that you you have to be you have to be approaching j level to think that it's romantic but it's a famous love story <laughs> <laughs> this is a famous love story <laughs> right among golds i do wonder if 
when they talk about it among like low colors, it's like, hey, yeah, that was terrible. <laughs> First of all, <laughs> that was not a good story. This is. <laughs> This is like when people talk about Romeo and Juliet and they're like, oh, it's such a beautiful love story. And everyone else is like, oh, it's a story about how teenagers killed themselves because they fell in love for three days. This is not a thing to be emulated. Like, pump the brakes a little bit, guys. Right. Take the Romeo and Juliet story and pump it up to (laughs) J-level. But this is famous. Oh, this is this is. Everybody should know that Gold's, like, I feel like we were just surprised by this reveal that they knew all along and they're super dangerous and deadly. That they knew Cassius was there all along. I feel like Lysander is, like, surprised at this. Remember the stories about these people. You're not paying attention. (laughs) Right. Uh, I, hmm. It's very, it's, it's the other thing that I think is especially true of people from the rim, mm-hmm. the way that uh, they're described, each of them is like, you know, obviously slightly different, but it's always just like, so, I don't know, like badass and in like their own unique way. Yes. It's like, God, this is terrifying. <laughs> yeah. Just like everyone you see, it's like, I can see that dude murdering a bunch of people right now pretty easily. Yeah. Oh, oh, that that lady over there. Yeah. I could probably in a slightly different way. She looks like she's probably ready to murder someone as well. Yeah. Yeah, but they only eat rice and dress like samurai. So. Mm. So it's cool. It's very cool. Actually, um, actually, Luke, it's very cool because they don't murder everyone all the time. So they're showing <laughs> restraint, which is cool. The low colors actually love them yes. because because in addition to murdering a bunch of people, they also don't eat as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's good. So it's very good. Low colors would hate to be a part of the new republic where they're treated as at least somewhat equal they would hate it right it wouldn't they wouldn't work with them at all they would not be for it yeah speaking of speaking of how they're presented this is all a front these people are so phony and i only need one example to show you how so lysander shows up in his room and he's like oh classic jupiter moon like dust style only a bed on a slab with like a little mat on it very very austere you know very plain this is what these people are like they're just they're no frills they're just straight to the business you know they're very mm-hmm. do they have pinks they have literal prostitutes running around like no no, you don't get to say we're only interested in the necessities and we are, like, super different from everyone else. We don't have chairs, but we have prostitutes. No, <laughs> you don't get to have both of those things. I'm sorry. I don't buy it anymore. Right. <laughs> this is this is an excellent point. I. It's really just they have minimalist style. Yes, this is a style choice at this point. It's not a philosophy <laughs> because they have prostitutes. You can't. You can't have both. You either have. You can either not have chairs or not have prostitutes. And and to be clear, it's not prostitutes. It's like sex slaves, essentially. Yeah. Sorry. Yes. Yes. Exactly. They have sex slaves, and it's like, guys, come on now. You can't. This is. You can't do that. Oh, sure. You guys are so different and cool. Uh, No, you're. You're not. You're not at all. It's just aesthetics at this point. Right. I almost feel like it's worse. Mm, tell me how. Just just because of the like self-congratulatory nature oh, of it. Oh, true. Yes. Like the hypocrisy. Where here. I feel like I feel like the core it's like, yeah, obviously we're like 
terrible people, but like I know that, you know. The the core is I like know. Jersey Shore, right? The the core yeah. is just like, yeah, they all are super shallow and like vapid, but like they acknowledge it and it's like part of their culture. Now, if you're from Jersey Shore, like I'm I'm referencing the TV show here. Okay, I think they they own it. I think they own it on the TV show. I don't know a lot about Jersey Shore, but but yes, the core seems to own it. The rim, they're putting on all this pretense for like nothing. It makes them feel cool. It does. It does. Um it's got it's got very like I don't know, stark vibes. Except for bad. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Yes, although I feel like the Starks kind of, the Starks kind of did a better job of living their philosophy. Well, okay, yeah, okay. To be, I, I guess I mean more like, it's just it's it's funny to me how always, like, the people that live in an area with bad weather, always have the same vibes. Ah, uh, yeah mm-hmm it's a no it's a no nonsense vibe yes like you guys are doing nonsense all the time come on there's constant nonsense out here god quit it <laughs> quit it okay put a tv in my room damn it it's just it's it's 2023 come on it's, it's a little after that i think luke but i get your point yes, well. <laughs> okay um but yeah, we're this is this is one where unlike the Darrow sections, I wanted to continue to read more, I will say. Mm-hmm. Yes. Especially where especially where we left off. Uh yeah. Where Cassius is about to get a little dual action in. Yes. It will be interesting to see how our core duelists line up with our rim duelists. Because Cassius mm-hmm. is among one of the greatest duelists in the core, right? I mean, at least he was 10 years ago. Yeah. Okay. Fair. I imagine he's only gotten better, though, right? I honestly have, I guess. I don't know how much practice he's getting. This is Okay, so. yes, because there's different kinds of practice. He's probably not getting high-level practice here. Ooh. Right. Oh. It's like, it's like Cassius probably is spending equal amounts of time with his razor as darrow is mm-hmm. but 90 percent of darrow's time with his razor is like active combat i assume mm-hmm. at this point mm-hmm. and so that leads me to believe that that cassius may have regressed while darrow has probably gotten better right because it doesn't seem like cassius is fighting in high level duels in his adventures i i assume not Granted, I don't, I don't know if we know that for sure, but yeah. No, Cassius. Cassius feels like he's using he's using his razor as like a can opener in the back, in the back reaches of space. Meanwhile, Darrow is like slicing and dicing nonstop. Right. Too too much. In fact. Mm, yeah. Please stop, Darrow. <laughs> um. So we're rooting for our guy Cassius. Uh, I do. I do love that they have a a bug specifically for eating masks i wanted to talk to you about this (laughs) what what is that conversation like where you're like hey hey all our bioengineers gather around all right we've got this problem we keep getting spies who change their face with these weird technology things um i need you to develop me a solution and the one they come up with is like a the most horrifying solution imaginable. <laughs> do you think that was the this... first, or do you think that they iterated and they came back with a solution? It was like a fuzzy, like carpet-looking thing that gave you a face hug and made you feel good. And they were like, "No, it needs to look way worse than this." Yeah, I I, I think this this comes into two things that we've already come talked about. One is that golds are psychos and that as a society they will always like rate things by how by whether or not they're rad as hell right (laughs) yeah and so whoever the scientists are i want to say like greens um i think that's right 
is it is it green? Uh, anyway, uh, <laughs> their first iteration, they're just like, yeah, this is a. Uh, it's like a UV lamp, obviously not actually UV. You just put it over their face, and after like two minutes, it's gone. Yeah, right, right. Uh, send it back. Make it more terrifying. <laughs> it, it needs more legs. Give it more legs. <laughs> so so I think there's a couple iterations, and then finally the golds were like, we're, we're sending another gold with you into the brainstorming session. Uh <laughs> to help this because it's gone too slow <laughs> and now we've got horrifying flesh-eating abomination they just send a drawing they were like i just had my kid draw the scariest thing they could think of make it this <laughs> make this do the thing i'm telling you to do yeah, yeah especially when you could do something way easier that's just like make a truth serum it's just like hey instead mm. of doing this can you just make a truth serum that we can give people and then just ask them who they are? I feel like that's easier. You know what I mean? It is. It is. A little callback here to, I think, the second book. The truth, the, the, the substitute for the actual truth serum was, I think, like a scorpion. Yeah. This <laughs> could, is, like, sense when you're lying. Yeah, this is it. Uh-huh. Give me a potion. Come on. Just give us a potion, please. We don't need, like, the Dune Needle or, like, the Face Hugger from Alien. Just a potion will suffice. Oh, we put it in your drink, and this potion not only makes your face revert to normal, uh, it makes you tell the truth. Right. It's pretty cool. It's really great. It's super humane, and uh, just don't lie to us, okay? <sighs> I mean, but cool reveal, right? It is a cool reveal. It is a cool reveal. Um, I was worried. I was worried when they brought out like a jar that oh. was going to that was going to like convince them to give to give the code or whatever. I was worried it was going to be our pilot. Something horrible had happened to our pilot, which still very possible. But I don't know. Holding out hope. Uh, I knew it was going to be a weird slug thing. As soon as you bring out a <laughs> jar of yellow ooze with something in it, it's like, that's not, that's a creature that's not good. There's nothing good <laughs> in that jar. I'm not pulling Fair out point. a kitten from that ooze. Certainly. Honestly, it put me in this situation. I just have to see the jar and I'm like, I'll tell you whatever the fuck you want to know. Don't take <laughs> anything out of that jar. I don't even want to <laughs> I'm sorry. see it. Yellow? it's yellow no what lives in yellow nothing good (laughs) if it's yellow i will tell you everything don't don't open the jar don't do anything with the jar i just had to see the jar i'll tell you whatever you want (laughs) that's right that's right that's why that's why we're not galts though right we're not strong enough our bloodline is too weak right Oh, okay. Okay. You got you got anything else for for Jupiter? Let's let's get out of Jupiter. This place is a nightmare. Also, it is, last, it is terrible. I don't want to visit. I do want to say one last thing. You can't just drop him out of your ship mid-atmosphere. That's not cool. That's so not cool. What if he has a heart condition or something? <laughs> I didn't honestly quite understand the lesson um other than just like <laughs> I don't know. Don't talk to me. We're psychos. <laughs> We're J level. Sorry. <laughs> um, right. <laughs> it's pretty rude. It's pretty rude. Yeah. Um, okay. I, I will say I do want to see the little mountain that we've like carved cool pillar things out of, but I don't actually want to go. Mm, pictures um, would be good. I think a picture would be nice. Pictures would be nice little postcard that'd be good uh okay do you want to talk about lyria and ephraim this which, little plan that's going on and ephraim yes so this was very tough for me because when i read the chapter where ephraim as philippe i think is the mm-hmm. name yep is super nice and lyria has a phenomenal time 
I was just like, oh man, this is, this is great. I needed this. I needed this. This book had been super depressing so far. Yep. It was like, and cool I'm really glad that we got a nice, we got a nice, uh, wholesome chapter. And then immediately I wrote that in my, in my little notes section. And then immediately it was like, oh, this was Ephraim. And I was like, fuck. <laughs> Pierce, give us one This is going to be even more depressing than the other stuff. Come on, Pierce, please. Uh, Help us, Pierce. Give us a little, a little friendship that's real. <laughs> I know. Well, did you not know Philippe was Ephraim? I didn't. When he pulled out I, the pendant and was talking about his fiance, and it was just like, oh, no. Uh, I, I, I realized that I should have. But no, I was just like, oh, what a nice young man. The sad thing is, Luke, I was even sold to the point where I was like, oh, did Ephraim just make a friend? Is Did Ephraim just <laughs> actually make a friend on his some kind of thing he was doing completely unrelated to his weird, horrible mission that they have to do? And I was just kind of hyped for Ephraim to have made a friend. No, uh-uh. No. Not at all. Not at all. Oh, Ephraim, you could have made a friend. I I feel like Luke this this rose is too much of a cheat code. Okay. Why are they even paying them? You you mean like they should use it as just like a a threatening thing? Yeah, so Ephraim is doing this like none of them are doing this for the money. Right. I mean, maybe that is what Ephraim has told them. But really, at the end of the day, Ephraim is like, we can't escape these people. Like, they will hunt us down right. and kill us if we don't do this job. I mean, I think all of them expect to die on the mission. Yeah, right. They talk They talk a little bit about the money that they would get, but I don't think that they actually expect to get it. Okay, so maybe the money is just a polite euphemism. It's just a polite like thing that they say, of like, "Oh yeah, we're gonna give you so much money for doing this job," and they're all like willing to pretend. They're all into, willing to engage in the fantasy that they're actually getting the money, right? Because like, because they know that like the two most likely options are either they just like die trying, or they succeed and then the syndicate kills them to tie up loose ends. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um. So, yes, I, I do think that they're not actually doing it for the money. So so do you think the syndicate did a little bit of A-B testing where they're like, we're going to run two heists. One of them, we're going to offer them an absurd amount of money. And the other one, we're just going to threaten to kill them if they don't do it. And the one <laughs> where they offered the money it was like, oh, yeah, they do better every time when we offer them money, even though we never give them the money. Mm. And so they're just like, yeah, it's just psychologically it works if you offer them a bunch of money. Than, than if you just threaten to murder them. Ooh. I mean, I would I would hope that they have this kind of this kind of psychoanalysis. I doubt it. Good use of psycho and psychoanalysis there. I appreciated that. Thank you. Thank you. We've used that a lot today. Yeah. Um man, I mm. <sighs> Luke, this book has been tough. I want somebody to make a friend. <laughs> it has been very tough. I was, I was, uh, this was obviously naive on my part. I thought that there was going to be some good things about like, yeah, we overthrow, we overthrew the society. We're doing stuff. I just, but I, <sighs> for one thing to be better. Someone's having a good time somewhere. Yeah. Quicksilver. Quicksilver. Quicksilver's like, we got robots, guys. This is sweet. These robots stop foxes from peeing on my sidewalk. Oh, it was so hard to get those before. Right. Quicksilver's having a good time. Um, and there's there's some small fraction of people that are slightly better off now. And I'm hoping we hear from one of them. I really my bar at this point is just for two people who didn't know each other before to become friends. I want a friendship to happen because there has been no friendship for this entire no real legitimate friendship that has been formed this entire book. Right. It's all ulterior motives. <laughs> Give me one. 
Darrow and the Ash Lord, uh, Virginia and uh, our, our Red. What is her name? Lysan. What What is her name? Lyria. Lyria. Virginia and Lyria become friends. I was I was hoping. I thought for a second Lyria and Pax were gonna be buddies. <sighs> I I no. I want that so bad. There is potential. I'm gonna there say right potential. now, there's Poe. It's looking bad, I will say. It's not off to a good start, but then not a lot of friendships in this book have started off well. Or in this this, this series, I should say. So, and maybe this is what brings Daryl back to his roots. Pax Mm. is like, let me me introduce you to my friend Lyria. And Daryl's like, oh shit. This is what I did it for. Lyria talks a little trash to his face. Needs it. He needs it. It's 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 a breath of fresh air. There we go. Save the whole let's republic. Just fan- let's just fantasize about that for a minute. <laughs> yeah, listener, just dwell with us in this fantasy for how this book could go. Ah, <laughs> oh, nice. We love it. Beautiful. So good. And then they all so ride good. their hover bikes off into the into the sunset. Right. The hover bikes, which uh, so far I have seen zero hover bikes exist without being blown apart <laughs> i just want to see someone riding a hover bike and like park it i mean, like yep that was a nice ride i'm done with this for today going into the supermarket pax and Darren. every hover bike oh yeah pax okay this pax is true and, although pax and i will say metaphorically was exploded at the end this is true metaphorically is true. It, was a, it was a poor ride it was a poor ride, and at the end of it daryl murdered the chief of police who was like one of his son's heroes <laughs> so metaphorical murder there metaphorical explosion okay we've we've dwelt in fantasy for long enough mm-hmm. let's finish this book let's finish this book i'm keeping an eye out for a friend just one friend in this book please darrow please turn this turn this ship around and go home or do something different mm-hmm. darrow please surprise me i beg of you Come on. Um, regardless of what happens, folks, we're going to be back next week and we will guarantee you hot takes. And for sure be dumb nerds. Yeah.